cocaine has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News & World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Neurostimulation is advancing in exciting ways. There's been a flurry of activity expanding the scope of electrical stimulation for treating pain. For instance, technologies are evolving that have made the devices more sophisticated and better able to target painful areas of the body. One such innovation is called high-frequency stimulation. It represents one of the newest methods of relieving chronic pain. Traditional spinal cord stimulation uses electricity to block pain traveling from the spinal cord to the brain. It does this by delivering low-frequency impulses to the nerves of the spinal cord. The pain signals are replaced with a tingling sensation that covers the specific areas where the pain was felt. High-frequency stimulation, on the other hand, does not cause a tingling sensation. In fact, it just replaces the pain with pain relief. Studies suggest that it may better control chronic low back pain, too. On today's show, we'll continue to hear Robin's account of how this new spinal cord stimulator changed her life completely and restored hope that was once lost. Then, Dr. Kasra Armour-Dolphin shares more of his expertise on this innovative form of neurostimulation for pain control. Aches and Gains is supported by Nevro, St. Jude Medical, Pernix Therapeutics, Bioness, Boston Scientific, and Nuvectra. For cutting-edge treatments and ways to manage pain, please sign up for weekly emails at paulchristomd.com. A herniated disc and pinched nerve left Robin with low back pain and shooting left leg pain. After spine surgery failed and six years of conservative treatments, high-frequency stimulation changed everything. Let's find out more. Robin, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Thank you for having me. Last time, you talked about how an injury to your back led to left-sided low back pain and shooting left leg pain. I mean, you had these symptoms for a year before having spine surgery. Six months after the surgery, though, the pain gradually returned. You tried medicines, nerve blocks, and holistic therapies for several years before hearing about high-frequency stimulation. A trial or test drive with this device was quite successful, and then the two leads and the battery were implanted in the operating room. By the way, where is the battery implanted? The battery is implanted in my left hip. For me, because I don't have a lot of fat, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always felt like it looked like I had a cigarette pack under my bikini bottom. Mm, Okay. Now, does that bother you? I don't feel like it is. I actually, to be honest, I had a little bit of fat added around it Mm -hmm. later on. Okay, well, that would make it less obvious. Now, is it rechargeable? It is. Actually, I charge when when I go to bed. And for how long? Um, It takes about 15, 20 minutes. We went on vacation 
couple of years ago and I forgot to bring the charger and I was like, oops. Did it run out? I was at the edge of having it run out, but I didn't. I think we were gone 10 days. It made it through the whole thing. Well, that's fantastic. Now, you've had the high-frequency stimulator implanted for about five years or so now. Have you had any complications, things like infection or lead migration or pain at the battery site? No. No, uh -uh, not at all. There's just been no no migration at all. Mm -hmm. I have to be honest, there was one time I literally fell on the battery on a rock. I mean, I landed on that battery on a rock, and I thought, oh, man, this Mm -hmm. is not good. Right. But you know what? There Mm -hmm. was no ramifications from that other than I had a really big bruise. But it was, uh, yeah, I was really shocked because I thought that was going to be some major damage. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend that people do that. But (laughs) Me either. How about the wires, known as the leads? Do you notice that they're there? Do you have any discomfort from them? You can't see it, per se, but I can sometimes feel it if if I was looking for it, you Mm -hmm. know, with my hands. But no, it doesn't look abnormal. It doesn't feel abnormal. You know, nobody would notice it unless you pointed it out to somebody. That's right. Today... How much relief do you have from the stimulator? I don't have enough relief to actually like go back and work a full-time job or whatever, but I can blow my hair dry. I can go for a walk now. I couldn't go for a walk before. Mm -hmm. I can't run. I can't play soccer or anything like that, but I can sleep for about four to five hours at a time. It's still not eight, but it's way better than two or three. Mm -hmm. So in other words, I can stay in that position um, laying down without paying the price. You've made a lot of progress. And what's your pain level now? My pain level used to be 9 out of 10 on a regular basis. And now on a great day, it's 4 to 5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I do still have bad days. I mean, that's not the spinal cord stimulator. It's just there are days when I'm having a bad day. Yeah, I can live with that. We turned it off to do some adjustments in the settings. I forgot how bad it was until I didn't have it. Mm. And um, it was not good. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, Robin, I have certain patients who will tell me that the relief that they get several years later after implantation is not quite as good as it was initially. What have you noticed? No, I think I have more relief today. Wow. I was getting 6 out of 10, right? Mm -hmm. And that was a good day, and I was feeling pretty good about that. The fact that I'm even down to four out of 10 on good days, and that's over time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to see myself be able to go back to work someday. Well, that's something to look forward to. In contrast to traditional stimulation that produces a tingling sensation known as a paresthesia, Nevro's high-frequency stimulator does not. Do you have any sensation in your back or legs when it's turned on? No. I don't feel any sensation. And in fact, I asked them if they could program one of the programs to give me a sensation because I thought, oh, that might be um, good because I might it might be a distraction. It might be a good thing for me to have that. And they did that. And oh, it drove me crazy. Mm. I think I used it once or twice. And, and then <laughs> next time I went in, I begged them to take it off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't feel anything. I just feel pain relief. That's what I feel. How long after you turn the stimulator on do you experience relief? I could get an effect after a couple hours, but I prefer to wait four to six to get the potential maximal effect. And how long after you turn the device off does the pain come back? Pretty quick for me. Uh, maybe maybe not even an hour. It got accidentally turned off because it got exposed to a magnet. We were on vacation, and I just, within 
I didn't know it was exposed to magnet, but I just told my husband something's wrong. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything on that vacation. And we came home, and sure enough, that's what had happened. Well, they were able to look back and see. At 8.20 on a Wednesday morning, I got exposed to a magnet. Hmm. Robin, do you wish that spinal cord stimulation had been offered to you earlier? Oh, yes, absolutely. I think if I had had the option of the stimulator device versus the first surgery, I would have chosen the stimulator device. Mm-hmm. My, my theory behind that would be if it didn't work, I could have the surgery, but why not try something conservative first? Yeah, I completely agree. You mentioned earlier that, that you can no longer play soccer, but what else can you do? I don't run, but I do bike. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a stationary bike. I swim. I do an ab workout every day that's very intense. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have very strong core muscles now so that I can really maintain my back strength, right? Yes. It's so impressive how active you are at this point. Now, are you afraid that any of the wires will move? No. But I have to say, when I first got it put in, I was. I was afraid to bend over too much or whatever. I'm very, very, very super flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what they call it, but I have hyperflexibility. So I was very concerned that um, if I moved too much or bent too much, I would pull them or they would migrate or whatever. But right. it just took some time for me to understand that that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, Robin, I know that you were able to reduce your dose of Lyrica after the stimulator was implanted, and you've also not required any injections or nerve blocks either. Tell us, what would you say to those who are considering spinal cord stimulation but are afraid? I was just talking to my brother about the other day because he won't do it. And, um, I don't want to have anything foreign in my body. And I said, wow, the benefit of the spinal cord stimulator far outweighs the thought of having some foreign object in your body. You don't even know it's there. Mm -hmm. Um, the only reason I know I have a spinal cord stimulator is because I have to have my battery charged. Right. Now, what would you have liked to have known about spinal cord stimulation before having it implanted? If I had known about it sooner, that's really it. I really wish that the doctors had been able to tell us about these kinds of things and mm-hmm. informed us about the options. Yeah. There was very little, you know, recovery time from the procedure itself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I was down with it for weeks or anything. Mm-hmm. And before we close, what should we remember about Nevro's high-frequency stimulator device? It's like driving a high-end luxury car compared to an economy car that you use to commute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the others are fine. I I don't have one in my body, but Mm -hmm. when I talk to people about it, I tell them that there are other brands out there, but I tell them that if they're going to go with the best, they need to go with this one. And how about spinal cord stimulation in general? You don't want to have unrealistic expectations, but it's pretty phenomenal. Mm -hmm. For me, it wasn't like a miracle cure. It didn't take the pain away completely, and I think that if you go in expecting that you're going to come out with zero pain, you might be disappointed. Right. I came out hoping that it would give me some kind of relief, any kind of relief. Like I said, there are days when I have incredible amounts of relief. And then there are days when I'm, you know, a little bit more laid up than I normally am. But it gave you a big part of your life back. Robin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for asking me. My pleasure. Don't go away because Dr. Kasra Armour Dolphin joins us once again. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Bioness, 
a leading provider of solution-driven medical devices and rehabilitation technologies that provide functional and therapeutic benefits for individuals affected by pain and central nervous system disorders. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter at Dr. Paul Christo and like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Dr. Kosra Armadolphin is an interventional pain physician in the San Francisco Bay Area. He's an expert on the topic of spinal cord stimulation and particularly high-frequency stimulation. Dr. Armadolphin, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Thank you. Glad to be here. Last time, we talked about the effectiveness of spinal cord stimulation for neuropathic pain conditions, that the research indicates the importance of offering the device earlier rather than later, and the uniqueness of a new high-frequency stimulator device that does not produce the conventional tingling sensations. Now, Cass, have you at this point noticed any special adverse events with the nevrostimulator device compared to other devices? No. Uh, the adverse effects with spinal cord stimulation tend to be very limited because mm-hmm. it's a very safe procedure. One of the biggest problems with spinal cord stimulation is that the leads tend to move around in the spinal canal from time to time, which would require a revision. Mm-hmm. But the way the Nevro device works and the way it's programmed mitigates the need for lead revision altogether. So there tends to be less of a side effect with the Nevro device than the other devices on the market. I can tell you that we haven't done a single revision on any of my patients over the past five years. Wow, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Now, what about the battery site? Because the battery is slightly bigger than traditional spinal cord stimulator batteries. Yeah, that comes up quite a bit. You know, people talk about the fact that the battery may be a little bit larger and may cause some pocket pain. Mm -hmm. We actually studied that in our big study that we were just talking about. Pocket pain was exactly the same between the Nevro device and the traditional device that we tested. So it's a myth uh, that uh, there's more pocket pain with the Nevro device. An advantage to high-frequency stimulation, too, is that unlike other devices, we don't have to wake patients up in the operating room to test the device when we're implanting it. And that's because it doesn't produce the typical tingling sensation over the area of pain. That's correct. In the operating room, the patients could very well be under anesthesia for the implantation process, so there's no need for them to be awake. Now, Cass, it seems like high-frequency stimulation may better control chronic low back pain, and we know that's typically pretty hard to treat with spinal cord stimulation. This is one of the most exciting advances we've seen with Nevro's HF10 therapy. In the past, we were able to treat chronic low back pain with traditional devices pretty well for a short period of time. After six months to a year, sometimes up to two years, the patients would continue to feel the tingling or the paresthesias in their low back, but they could no longer have adequate pain relief from the spinal cord stimulator device. This is one of the reasons why we typically engage patients who had leg pain with traditional devices in addition to back pain, because we knew that we can control leg pain on a longer-term basis. With the Nevro device, we're treating axial back pain on a long-term basis based on published data. And that's one of the most exciting advances we've seen with Nevro's HF10 therapy. Right. And that study showed that a greater percentage of patients responded to high-frequency stimulation who had back pain and leg pain compared to traditional spinal cord stimulation. Cass, have you found that high-frequency stimulation can help patients with chronic low back pain from spine surgery or other causes as well? Yes. Yes. 
that's an excellent point. Uh, it, we have typically reserved spinal cord stimulation in the United States for patients who have undergone surgery and they failed the surgery, hence the term failed back surgery syndrome. Mm-hmm. But there's now some excellent data to show that patients who um, don't have a clear surgical solution may be better candidates for spinal cord stimulation in their long-term treatment of their chronic low back and leg pain rather than undergoing surgery. So yes, we are engaging patients who have multi-level degenerative disc disease and they don't have a clear surgical solution and they've never had surgery with spinal cord stimulation and HF10 therapy. And by HF10 therapy, we mean high-frequency stimulation therapy. And I agree. I think it's great that we're offering spinal cord stimulation earlier during the course of pain and in patients who just have low back pain. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll find out from Dr. Armour Dolphin whether high-frequency stimulation diminishes in effect over time. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Boston Scientific, a leader in microelectric implantable technologies used to treat chronic neuropathic pain. Nevro, the global leader in evidence-based and drug-free chronic pain technologies. We are here to help patients get back their independence. Be sure to look for the exclusive release of Dr. Paul Christo's new book, Aches and Gains. You'll get cutting-edge information on understanding pain, traditional and innovative treatments, and an exciting array of integrative therapies. You'll also get personal accounts of celebrities in their battle to overcome pain. Get your copy on Amazon this fall. Remember, no one is immune to pain, but together, we can overcome it. Welcome back. Cass, we know that the effectiveness of traditional, that is, low-frequency spinal cord stimulation, can diminish in time. Have you noticed the same effect with high-frequency stimulation? Yes, I've seen that in the traditional devices over the past 17 years that I've been practicing chronic pain management and I've been implanting spinal cord stimulation. But in the past five years that I've been uh, implanting HF10 therapy, I just haven't seen that happening. Mm -hmm. This treatment is different. This type of spinal cord stimulation seems to have longevity far beyond anything we've seen so far. Yeah, it really does. Now, what about MRI compatibility? Some of the systems offer total body MRI capabilities, whereas Nevros offers head and extremities. Has that been a problem for any of your patients? The fact that uh, CAT scans are available and the patients can undergo a CAT scan um, is typically good enough for the patients. In the past 17 years that I've been implanting spinal cord stimulators, I've had to explant only two patients Um, in order for them to have an MRI. And the reason for that was that they just had, unfortunately, had developed cancer within their spinal cord and the neurosurgeon needed an MRI. Mm -hmm. But in general, an MRI is not absolutely necessary since there's high-resolution CAT scans to be done. What don't patients tend to like about high-frequency stimulation? For example, uh, the slightly larger battery size or needing to charge it every day? If I had to say one thing that comes up from time to time is the battery size. But that's like one in a hundred patients that comes back and says that, uh, uh, you know, the, you know, the battery is causing a little bit of pain for me. And those patients are usually the ultra slender patients that don't have a lot of fatty tissue under their skin. But outside of that, most of the patients are elated with the kind of pain relief they're getting. And uh, there's not a lot of complaints clinically. And the daily charging? <laughs> most of the patients were actually really satisfied with the charging process. 
The charging takes about 40 minutes on a daily basis. It's wireless charging. Mm -hmm. So the patients aren't plugged into the wall or anything like that, you know, so it fits into their schedule, just like charging a cell phone fits into a patient's schedule. Mm -hmm. I like that analogy. And by the way, there have been projections of cost savings associated with rechargeable batteries compared to non-rechargeable batteries, somewhere along the lines of three to four fewer battery changes needed with the rechargeable systems. Now, I've used high-frequency stimulation primarily for patients who have back pain and or shooting leg pain, but have you used it for other conditions? As I became more and more comfortable with the device, I started using HF10 therapy for other indications that could be treated with spinal cord stimulation. Mm -hmm. From my clinical experience, HF10 therapy has been wonderful for the treatment of things such as complex regional pain syndrome, upper limb pain, peripheral neuropathy, and I'm very excited because I know the company studying these indications, but from a clinical standpoint, I'm engaging HF10 therapy as my primary choice for spinal cord stimulation. And Cass, tell us about one of the studies you're involved in, for example, for the upper extremities and the neck. One of the studies I'm involved in at this point is is called the ULN study, which is for the treatment of upper limb and axial neck pain. Mm -hmm. Even in the best of hands, with the traditional spinal cord stimulation, we could not control axial neck pain, simply because of the anatomical considerations in the spinal cord in the neck. With the ULN data, with HF10 therapy, we've been able to treat axial neck pain at least on a short-term basis. Mm-hmm. The study is a long-term design and we'll have better data in the future, Right. but I'm so excited to see my axial neck pain and arm pain patients get so much better in the study that I'm starting to engage patients clinically for this type of treatment early on. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. And Cass, do you see more of these devices, that is, high-frequency stimulation and all stimulation, really, used more in the future? I think this is only the beginning of what we're seeing with this type of uh, treatment option. Spinal cord stimulation has been around since 1971, but we've uh, we've hit its tipping point. We're now seeing newer and newer technologies come out every day. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of research and development going into spinal cord stimulation. And I can only tell you that we'll, we'll see it more and more in the future. Yeah, I agree. I think the advances have been tremendous. The applications of spinal cord stimulation for a variety of neuropathic pain conditions is tremendous as well. Do you foresee any insurance restrictions on the use of high-frequency stimulation? So far, we have not had any any authorization issues at all. Mm-hmm. But as the device is being utilized more and more, uh, we will need evidence to show how efficacious it really is in yeah. order to be able to get authorization uh, from insurance companies. But I don't foresee that to be a problem as long as the patients are reducing their medicines and increasing their function. Mm -hmm. Now, I think in the future, we're going to see nanotechnology's impact on spinal cord stimulation. Specifically, I think we're going to see smaller batteries. Yes. The the battery science continues to be one of the things that is in the focus of all the research and development companies uh, and manufacturers of spinal cord stimulators. Mm -hmm. And I'm also particularly compelled by some of the animal studies that suggest neurostimulation can assist with nerve regeneration following injury. Absolutely. The type of nerve regeneration we're seeing with various studies, such as regenerative medicine types of studies, Mm -hmm. is incredibly exciting. And before we close, Cass, What's important for us to remember about high-frequency stimulation? Clinically and scientifically, HF10 therapy is by far 
the most efficacious device on the market for the treatment of chronic low back and leg pain, at least. What an exciting time it's been for you to be part of the research and development of spinal cord stimulation. I'm just thrilled and honored to be a part of this whole process. We're seeing new and exciting data come out every day. We definitely are. And Dr. Armour Dolphin, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. And thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or